Hello everyone and welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga. Kat Smith here. Today is our second episode of four-part series of our interview with Lisa McBride. If you had an opportunity to listen to part one, um, I'm pretty certain you would be intrigued to continue to listen. And today's episode is really good one. We continue our conversation about growth. And specifically, today we're talking about growth for our Enneagram types one, two, and three. What it looks like, what are some challenges, what what can these types do uh, to grow? But even if you're not those types, we really encourage you to listen because in essence, we all could use some great growth advice. And please remember that we all have all nine Enneagram numbers within us. And the growth is to become whole. So enjoy this episode tune in. We once again, thank you for listening. Yeah. All right. Well, let's look at every Enneagram type like we always do. And today we're going to start from the top, from the one, uh, at some personal development, I guess, pathways. Yeah. Suggestions for every, every number. <clears throat> And um, starting with one, I'm very comfortable as always. I'm going to do the odds. Christy going to do the evens, and then we'll ask Lisa her opinion on all of them. But for one, practicing being present over perfect and acceptance could be a really big pathway for growth. Pursuing the virtues of peace and serenity is big, and I agree with that. And Embracing mystery of not knowing. I was talking to a friend and she's having through a hard time and she um, she's going through a hard time and she was saying what she was struggling with and I said, you know, and that's fine because it's different for everybody. I said, I would struggle if I did not know what would be coming. But I am so routine oriented, plan oriented. I have to know what's coming and you can't really grow in that. So not knowing and accepting that would be would be big for one um remembering that you don't have to be right mm-hmm. you know in every disagreement in every fight in every decision it's not about who's a winner who's a loser who's right who's wrong and it is just about not that mm-hmm. so it's something that i continue to learn um understanding that there's different paths to the same place and Yoga is a great reminder of that, that there's not the way, there's a way, we Mm -hmm. all take our way and it's fine and lots of times it would lead to the same place and that's a-okay. Forgiveness, Mm. forgiveness, forgiveness, I think that's another um, way that I was able to grow and I still struggle with that and it's a really big thing for me to practice truly genuinely to practice and you know they say that forgiveness is not for the person who wronged you but it's for you and I think the growth is the same way it's not for outer Mm -hmm. world to see how wise and mature and you know how much you've grown it's for you to have a peace in your heart and your soul Mm -hmm. that's the point of the growth as well 
So for one, forgiveness, letting go of the judgments, climbing off the judgy tree and just being in the valley with everybody else without judgment is big. Um, watching when um, you're preaching and teaching, you know, that I know better and I'm going to tell you and this is what you should do. Not shooting anybody else and yourself included. Um, you know, Brene Brown, we're big fans. Gift of Imperfections is fantastic um, book. And, you know, I'm sure you can listen some to her TED Talks and just yeah. YouTube it. But I think for one, it could be really healing to let go of that impossible journey, rat race to imperfection, um, becoming more playful. I've always said, you know, seven is my favorite number. One of the reasons because it just, I love seeing when people can just let go. Yeah. Genuinely and enjoy and have fun. The having fun part. Yeah. I think is a huge thing to grow. And Lisa McBride, you're a lot of things. You're a good time. Yes. Yeah, so I'm sitting down. here thinking the whole my thought of when the whole play yeah. thing is you you lose mm -hmm. your inhibitions are just like let it go. Yeah. How were you when you were I don't know, Little. two, three, five, I don't know. You know, just do that again. Yeah. Without worrying about if you look silly, who's looking at me? Yeah. Is this appropriate? I hate that word, appropriate. I hate appropriate and tolerate. Do you t like, mm -hmm. Because those, to me, make me feel like somebody's smushing me into a box somewhere. I shouldn't say hate. Yeah. I don't hate anything. But they, they make me a little weird. They're trigger words. They're very you. much triggers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. There's, there's a should in those words. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever there's should, there's some shame. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Here's what I admire about you, Lise. <coughs> Not only, you know, we think, okay, to be playful, and somebody would just say, oh, God, I don't know. I guess I'll just, like, watch Grey's Anatomy and dance it out, and that would be <laughs> it. Um, I know you have a lot of things in your life that you enjoy doing. Can you share some of those? Because they're very unique and creative and hopefully they would help people think outside of that well what is the fun box you know it's not go to a movie or it's not just take stuff to lunch or it's not watch something fun. like to I know you have a lot of extracurricular activities and I love them and you were generous enough to get me involved in some of them so talk, talk so uh, anything it. outside anything mm -hmm. um, uh, as you're talking mm -hmm. so you all know the significance of the hawk in my life and so tell our listeners okay so after my dad passed away a hawk would just show up and for me the symbolism of you you're flying with the wind in the, you get in the draft that's soft Mm -hmm. But then you go after that squirrel, and that is, I'm coming after you, period. Right. That just was sort of a symbol for me of my dad. Mm -hmm. But this, a hawk would show up at the time I needed it. Mm -hmm. 
So it still happens, and I'll say, hey, Daddy, how are you doing? And my mom thought I was crazy until Hawk showed up the Christmas after my dad died in July and sat on the fence post outside the kitchen, outside the window mm. for ever. She's calling me saying, I get it. I get it now. I said, okay. Mm. So last week, I think it was Thursday, I am in the bathroom getting ready and I looked to the left and I see this wingspan fly by the window and then I see the hawk land on my on my fence mm-hmm. um, and I'm like oh my gosh this I've got this is so cool I can't stand it this is perfect timing which was not perfect timing I just saw it yeah so I grab my phone I try to take a picture out the window it's not close enough so I went to the bedroom Climbed out the window on top of the uh, <laughs> porch roof to get a closer shot of this hawk who kept going in and out of this tree and then would come out and run the birds away from the feeders. I'm not really sure what was happening, but anyway. Mm-hmm. So from it was this spectacular moment. Yeah. And then two days later, the same hawk comes back again mm-hmm. and did the same thing. So for me, I mean that's playful. Like I gotta get this shot. I gotta, I gotta see if I can get closer to this thing. Yeah. And have this conversation with this hawk and what's going on here. Yeah. So, nature, mm-hmm. fly fishing, mm-hmm. taking a hike with my dogs, mm-hmm. playing in the dirt. Last week I was planting tulips. Mm-hmm. It was freezing cold, but like I gotta get these in the ground and feeling the dirt in my hands mm-hmm. and knowing that that is going to have life. Yeah. And then I'll get to enjoy that. Mm-hmm. It's very grounding to touch the earth. Very grounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking trips. I'm going on a whale trip in February. Mm-hmm. Um, and people always go, Who, well, who's going with you? I'm, me. Yeah. Me. I'm going with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be spectacular. We stay in tents on the beach. So you'll hear the whales calling in the night. Very mm-hmm. similar to when I went to Africa. Mm-hmm. And hearing, you know, a lion or the elephant right outside your room. Wow. Um, experiences, yeah. Singing, remembering lyrics, mm-hmm. pulling that out of my butt when I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know, when I need it. Mm-hmm. Dancing around. I love to dance mm-hmm. and just be silly. Playing with my grandbabies. Time with your grandbabies. Yeah. Teaching them how to mm-hmm. jump and dance and mm-hmm. laugh is mm-hmm. just the most fun yeah yeah so the these moments these practices do not have to be overextended over expensive it could be as simple as playing with babies yeah and I I'm a happy recipient of many videos where you share that joy you 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 also don't hug it yes. hog it right mm-hmm. you share it right which is generous and it yeah. shows up, like we've said before, in your yoga class. It's yeah. so much yeah. fun. I mean, you also can get very serious in your class. Um, so you show different parts of who you are in your practice. And, and I think we are all beneficiaries of that. So I really appreciate how that shines through when I'm taking one of your classes. And I think we all have lots of layers and if we aren't willing to share those, <clears throat> you're not gonna grow and you're not gonna have people around you who will do the same for you. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
this vulnerability to share those layers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's look at our type two and ways that a two grows. Um, As we've talked about before, self-care is an absolute must. To give, you must receive. Otherwise, you're just giving from a very dry space. Um, And I know that I've been there before where I've been giving from a place that's empty and, and, you know, there's, there's nothing left for anybody else. Um, so treating yourself to retail therapy, um, and buying something for yourself when you do that. I'm the type, you know, the two sometimes called the giver and we do love to give to others. And so sometimes when I go shopping, I'm always thinking about other people. I love to give sentimental gifts and that actually brings me a lot of joy. But to buy for myself, to get something for myself is harder. And so if a two can go shopping just for themselves, that can be pretty life-giving for a two. Um, Or to read a novel or watch a movie or just to make space for themselves, Um, to make space for our feelings. That's hard for us as two. Let me care for your feelings. Let me explore with you what's going on in your life, but to share with other people or to just journal and spend time delving into the hard stuff for ourselves that's growth for two and I do want to say like as we're thinking about new year's resolutions it's really tempting to just think about something for our physical body but I think if we can think about you know like for a one practicing forgiveness that's a, a spiritual and emotional practice for a one or for a two practicing self-care like as we're as we're thinking about what our resolutions are, mm-hmm. thinking about ones that aren't just to do with the body, but the spirit mm-hmm. and the emotional part of us, I think can be very important. And we often as yoga teachers will ask people to set an intention yeah. and that comes from that Sanskrit word sankalpa. Sankalpa, if I'm saying it right, I don't know, but um, that is something we're doing every time we come to our yoga mat is setting intentions and so the yoga way is about resolutions daily not just yearly and I'm all in favor for like you know New Year's resolutions I think anytime that we're looking inward and saying how do I want to grow it's a good thing Mm -hmm. but just to know that for yoga this is a daily mindset to come to our mat and to say who am I why am I here on this earth you know how can I grow how can I be more Um, So practicing humility is also uh, something that will help a two to grow and not being so attached to the image of being the Mother Teresa. Like, I'm the saintly one, I'm the good one. That can be an image that the two gets caught up in, which can keep them from vulnerability and really being more human and, and showing that to others. Getting creative like a four, you know, finding a space where they can be creative. Um, attending a yoga workshop or a spiritual retreat. We had Lo Clifford on the podcast recently, and she talked about how transformational it was for her to go away to a retreat on her own, and there was really a lot of growth. And that's hard for two to set aside times to receive, mm-hmm. but I think that that can be really beneficial. I went to a retreat recently um, that was over at Swanee at St. Mary's, And it was really great to just have a weekend, which is hard with a three-year-old. My daughter was actually two then. It was really hard to leave for a whole weekend, but I, you know, it was great for me. I had space for myself um, and twos need to 
cultivate that. Mm -hmm. The question, what do I need, is important for all of us, but particularly for a two, because they put others' needs ahead of their own. So Lisa, if you're asking yourself the question, what do I need more of in my life? What comes up for you? Um, rest. Mm. Downtime, a, a blank schedule. Okay. Time to listen to, like I said before, nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, giving myself grace. Okay. Trying to have a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and, to, and to be a listener without getting overwhelmed. Mm. And so for me, um, I think I said this before, but my youngest son one time said to me, you always have a project, meaning a person who's coming to me for help or advice. Mm. It's really true. Yeah. Um, I said to someone last week, I am the sounding board, which I love. Right. But sometimes I'm learning how to say, I can't do that right now. I'm, I have mm -hmm. no, I have no reserve and I cannot get into that kind of deep discussion when I'm not mm -hmm. being present. If yeah. I were just listening, like, mm-hmm, 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 I can't, that to me is not really, that's not active yeah. anything. I think what you a said active. Boundary. What it's, a healthy boundary. It's boundary. taken me a long time to, because I want to be a good friend yeah. to people. Yeah. Or I want, because I want people to care about me. I want to do the same for other people. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's a, can be codependent. I've really had to work on that. Like, no, I can't do that right now. Well, and you were a nurse for your whole career. Yeah. And often people who go into helping professions have a hard time getting out of that mindset of how can I help you? How can I serve you? And you don't have to be a two on the Enneagram, it may just be that you end up in a helping profession and that it's really tough to get out mm -hmm. of that cycle of putting other people's needs above your own. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I think something Carissa did teach me was if you are resentful over something, you have allowed someone to cross a boundary. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I've really, I think about that often, like, okay, do I... Am I going to be resentful if I do this? If I am, I shouldn't do it. Uh -huh. No matter what the intention is, you know, maybe maybe it's self-serving. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. I'm tired, whatever it is. But anyway, I've tried to really work on that. It's a work in progress. Yeah, so if I'm going to be resentful, then I should not do that. Something for our listeners yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah, that's that's good wisdom. And I would I would say that what you just shared, that need for rest, need for grace, and the need for a more positive attitude, those are three things that seem real relevant to the eight, right? The, the eights are energizer bunnies who go all day, so they need rest, they need to be more like a two in sort of giving themselves and others lots of grace. And then the positive attitude, because sometimes they're in that anger triad and that can be their first, you know, primary yeah. emotion. So to yeah. have more of that positive joy. So that, I just wanted to point out, those are three things yeah. that you, you identify that would be healthy for any eight. 
healthy for all of us. Yeah, and I think I also will say to myself, is this going to make me more tired? Mm-hmm. Is this going to, am I going to be irritated if I do this? Mm. Then why am I doing it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So is this going to deplete me or yeah. energize yeah. me? Yeah. yeah. On to threes. So threes are our achievers, and um, threes tend to work really hard on curating a certain image, mm-hmm. and um, that could lead them away from actually getting in touch with who they truly are. Threes um, really struggle with finding and keeping their authenticity. So for three to ask themselves a question, who am I and why am I here and why am I doing this, could be very healing and a pathway for growth. Um, also threes, as hardworking as they are, um, they probably strive on working by themselves because there's only one first place. You can't really share it with anybody else. So sharing their love for work and achievement and working in a community could be very um, healing and um, wonderful way for them to grow as well um working less and 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 playing more or being more or just doing something for for the sake of enjoyment of it instead of um achieving something could be a pathway for growth therapy i mean you all know christy's a therapist and i am you know took me a very long time to accept and not have shameful feelings about you know, needing therapy, and I was just, just now before coming here talking to a friend who is going to see a therapist, and she mentioned she was very anxious about it, and, you know, and a few years ago, I would say, yeah, you should be, mm-hmm. and today I said, well, you go to your dental hygienist, you're not anxious, mm-hmm. you check in with your primary, you're not anxious, mm-hmm. this is your check-in your mental health mm-hmm. so you know for for three that could be um really healing but lisa what i want to ask you so eights and threes i think do struggle with going inward and getting in touch for the with their feelings for different reasons three struggles with understanding who they are eight struggles with feeling vulnerable and saying this hurt mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i feel the pain that's very scary so my question to you is what in your life do you do to attend to your feelings and again we have a very personal relationship you share and that's what i admire about you because i know your number and how difficult it must be to share your true feelings that a lot of times are not so happy and joyful and you know so how do you do that how do you do that what's the trick well you know my routine, mm-hmm. my morning routine. Yes. So Kat and I have traveled together. So I'm always in charge of the coffee on any girl trip uh, because I like my coffee stout. And so I grab my coffee. I sit down somewhere quiet. I... I do my devotion. I'll read my devotional, which is Streams in the Desert. I've had mm. that book since 2007. I have a new one now because my old one is falling apart. Mm. But I can see over the course of my life 
things that are answers to prayer, whether it's a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. Things that have on a continuum that I'm still like, wow, that was a struggle in 2007. Yeah. Maybe it's the same struggle now, but I see it a little different. Mm -hmm. And then I'm journaling. I'm having the conversation with God and myself. Mm -hmm. That's also where I am praying for my friends, mm -hmm. my family, the country. Um, and then the conversation, I think, helps when I need a tune-up. I call it an oil change with my counselor. Mm -hmm. Something new comes up. Mm -hmm. The same thing comes up. I'm struggling. Like, hey, I need, I need your advice. Um, let's talk about it again. Same way, though, <clears throat> with you there was shame involved in that because again the way I was raised mm -hmm. you just handle it you get over it yeah. it's you're fine yeah. nothing's um, wrong with you you're fine what's the big yeah. deal it's fine yeah. um, church is often a really good reset for me mm -hmm. um, more the music maybe than the message yeah. Again, because that's how I relate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if I have a sore throat and I can't sing, I'm pissed off and I might not mm. go. Yeah. <laughs> because I want to sing. The um, music softens you. Absolutely. Yeah. They reconnect yeah. with yeah. my heart. Your heart space. Um, crying is doesn't come easy for me, but when I do, it's cathartic. Mm -hmm. For years and years, though, the cry only came when I was mad. Mm. And so that was my almost like a warning. I remember yeah. saying it as recently as five, six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. If I'm crying, you better get out of my way because mm -hmm. I'm pissed. Yeah. And now, not so much so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I might be on that walk in the woods, and just the wind mm. blowing might soften me enough that I cry. Mm-hmm. So allowing myself again grace, like mm -hmm. you are who you are and mm -hmm. it's okay and you're mm -hmm. not perfect and you're never going to be. Mm -hmm. And do I really want to be that? Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah. What a struggle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, we really hope you've enjoyed this episode with Lisa. We also have another one coming up with Lisa that will cover types four, five, and six, and how they can experience personal growth. But also, after this word from our sponsor, we hope that you'll stay tuned for a short meditation, and we just really appreciate you all being such loyal listeners. The Buddhist Tara Brock has a wonderful mindfulness practice an acronym called RAIN. Wherever you are for our meditation today, start to breathe in through your nose and then exhale out through your mouth. Finding that rhythm of the breath and whether you are driving or washing dishes, or going on a walk, or sitting in a seated position.
still see if you can commit to the rhythm of the breath throughout this short meditation practice. The R in RAIN stands for recognize. And as you breathe in and out, see if you can notice and recognize any thoughts, feelings, or sensations in the body that arise. Let's find three sets of breath in and out. And after recognizing those thoughts, feelings, or even sensations in the body, the next step in RAIN is to allow, to allow for the feelings or the thoughts, or even to allow for pain in the body to accept that it is there to allow for it. And now let's find three sets of breath. The next step in the acronym RAIN is the I, and the I stands for investigate. And to investigate is to be curious about what is going on in the body, the mind, or the heart space. To ask yourself the question, what is it really? So once we have recognize the feelings or thoughts or experiences that we sense in the body and once we have allowed for those thoughts feelings or sensations then we become curious what is really going on here is this about shame fear anger, and whatever the feeling might be, what might be underneath it? Is it about something that has happened in our past or recently? Find your breath. And then the last step in RAIN is to nurture. And to nurture is to offer compassion. 
compassion to our mind and our inner critic, compassion to our thoughts, which are important to feel, compassion to the body, to the sensations and pain in the body that we may notice. And so what do you need to be compassionate towards right now? Is it a feeling? Is it a thought that you're having? Is it a part of your body that needs compassion and nurture? And just find three sets of breath as you offer compassion to a feeling, to a thought, or to your body. And as we close this meditation, just being mindful that this acronym RAIN is something that we can keep coming back to. And again, RAIN stands for recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. And then maybe bringing prayer hands to our heart space. Know that the light in me sees and honors the light in you. Namaste.